We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helton. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Monday, September 25th edition of the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fanball. Chris Liss is with me today, and Chris, should we get the Giants out of the way, off the top, just so people don't have to listen to us whine about it for too long? I've, n- I've never heard of the Giants. What are you talking about? The San Francisco <laughs> Giants? 61-yard <laughs> field goal. Come on. I actually had hope yesterday for a little while. Dude, I, I think the ball is juiced. I mean, you know, in baseball, you have like Elvis Andrews hitting like 20 home runs, and now... Random kickers who got cut or making 61-yard field goals with the game on the line. Yeah. Something's going on. Something weird's going on. Um, the Giants at least weren't – the offense wasn't a train wreck again. So that's something. Well, it wasn't for like a quarter and a half. I mean, it was a train wreck uh, for a couple of quarters. McAdoo – I feel bad for Paul Perkins. I don't know that he's terrible. I just know that every time he gets the ball, he's running straight into the teeth of the defense on the most predictable running down – or they do this little like sort of shotgun draw run that they do. Right. Uh, there's it's weird because apparently his offense is so complicated that nobody can learn it. But yet when you watch it, it's so predictable and obvious. Right. Um, and th- there's just no point in even running the ball at all. Why? Why start at second and eleven um, every set of downs? I mean, first and ten is much better than second and eleven. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, did Did you? What did you think of the play call before halftime on the on the you know? last play at the one yard line when what was that that he did i can't remember he, oh he ran he ran into the teeth of the defense again right up the middle yeah and, and darko had no shot yeah i mean he was he was dead before the play started it just you know i don't know i, I don't i just don't understand i mean I, I think this is like a 10 and a half win team talent wise right i mean we'll say i mean eli you know you wrote this in your outline 
maybe Eli was not, I don't know, it was somebody on Twitter, actually, I'm ascribing it to you, but, um, you know, maybe Eli isn't that bad. He did make some nice throws, uh, in, in the end when they came back and maybe, you know, he's a guy who obviously needs the pocket to protect him, but he did get rid of the ball really quickly. And I think when they get Beckham involved early and often, um, you know, this is, could be at least an average, if not above average offense, even with the bad offensive line. And we know they have a good defense. I mean, look at Wentz's, you know, yards per play, look at Stafford yards per play the week before. This is still a really good defense. So I think they have like a 10 and a half win talent around them. And they have a coach that basically subtracts like two to three wins <laughs> off their baseline, sort of regular nutless monkey coach that you would expect sort of the run of the mill nutless monkey who's coaching in the NFL and, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to pick who would that be? Who would just like the average just crap coach, but that isn't actively destroying the team? Be? Uh, Marvin Lewis might lean toward the latter sometimes. Yeah, Marvin Lewis. That's what I used to think of Marvin Lewis. And now I think he's beneath that. He's even below that. But just, you know, you're, you're run of the mill. Doug Marone, you know, just yeah. somebody who's just average. That's if they had that, I think they'd be like a 10 win team. All right. Um, yeah. And all they have to be uh, offense. All they have to be is average. I think that's right. Right. They're, they're, if they're average, that would be so great because the defense would just carry it from there. How hard is it to coach an average offense when you have a generational playmaker at wide receiver? We're not, at, we're just asking for average. Right. And, and yeah, I know it shouldn't be that hard, but apparently it is. one other question about this game on the other side. Um, is Wendell Smallwood a guy you're, you're after on the waiver wire this week? Uh, probably not. I mean, Blunt is there. Blunt ran well also. For, it, oddly, the Giants usually stuff the run, um, but the Eagles and the Eagles can't run, but they ran effectively. Probably not. I mean, Sproles got hurt. And so it's like, okay, who's the third down back right. for the Eagles? But Smallwood, you know, he looks like a change of pace to LeGarrette Blunt more to me. All right. Um, no more Giants from us. We promise. Uh, we need to thank Fanball for sponsoring the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast. Check them out now, fanball.com. Um, if you want to catch us on Twitter, Chris is at Chris underscore list. I'm at jhalpin37. You can also t- tweet us at Rotowire and follow all the player news you need at Rotowire NFL. All right, let's- hey, let me plug one more thing, John, if yeah, you don't yeah. mind. Um, I'd really appreciate if people check out a Real Man Wood podcast. It is on the same list of podcasts that this uh, Rotowire Football Podcast resides on, the same page. Um, you can just, you know, go to the Twitter handle, although a real man would, you, you'll see it. You just scroll down. Uh, and I'm really trying to build up the podcast. I was really lazy cause I kind of hate marketing and I find it basically pathetic to ask for likes and ratings and all that crap. I just, I really dis, I have a distaste for it, but, um, but, but I'm realizing yeah. like, you want to be able sorry, John, go ahead. No, I was gonna say you have to do it. It's, it's weird the way the algorithms work on the, you know, the ratings for the popularity for the podcast. You need people to click on things. Yeah, I mean, I despise those algorithms, and I, I think there should be a better way. But um, but it really hit home because um, I do an XM show, and sometimes uh, the executives at XM want it done a certain way, and that's fine. They also own the bandwidth that we're on. But I realize if I want to do the show I want to do, you know, and not uh, do stuff that I think is, uh, I'll just put it uh, politely, um, dumb. Uh, <laughs> I have to have the means of distribution, and so I do. I have a podcast, so. Please check out A Real Man Would if, uh, if you like what is to follow on this podcast. Maybe you think we're horrible, but then you can also hate listen. I have a lot of hate listeners on the radio, too. And if you hate listen to me on XM, I promise you'll despise the podcast. All right. There you go. A Real Man Would. Everybody go check that out. Um, okay, so we're going to get through the Sunday action. And uh, just, you know, quick details from most or all of the games. Let's start with Ravens-Jags, which I was startled. I probably shouldn't have been. Because, you know, maybe I, I was very big on the Jags before the season. 
as a, I mean, not great because Bortles, but I thought they would be better, and, and they are. But I thought yesterday, I said, you know what, the Ravens, I just said, Bortles is just so bad, and the Ravens' defense is so good, even better than the Jags, that I think the Ravens are going to take this one. And that was just a, there was, it was really ridiculous the way that game went. Were you, were you shocked as I was? It was like a bigger blowout than the score. As much of a blowout as the score was, yeah. it was such a blowout. And I wouldn't say I was shocked, but I was a little surprised. I had, I had Jacksonville covering the four-point spread, but I didn't have them winning. I had the Ravens winning. And, uh, you know, I think what happened is, you know, the, ja- the Jaguars signed a bunch of free agents like uh, Calais Campbell uh, and, and, they, and uh, who else? They got Barry Church. They got a bunch of guys, A.J. Bowie. Yep. And a lot, there was a lot of offseason hype that everyone was like, oh, they're going to be a really good defense this year. The young guys and the new free agents. And you know how when offseason hype talk starts happening, you're like, yeah, whatever. That's BS. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to be bad. And maybe that's just true. Maybe they're just a really good defense. And then when you have a really good defense, and, and let's face it, the, the Ravens offense is garbage. Um, and you start beating up on the offense, then suddenly Bortles can play low risk. You know, then Fournette is going to be, you know, he didn't have a great game, but, you know, he's in a good situation to run the ball. And they don't have to do a lot of dumb stuff. And I just think in that game, Bortles played really well. And part of it is because he didn't really have to do much. He just had to stay within a very safe game plan. And, you know, you know they don't have Allen Robinson either. And, and that's bad. But in some ways, it's like, all right. We're not going to hit the home run here. We're going to throw some short passes. And as boring as that is for the NFL and the way that things are trending for Bortles, you know, maybe that's a good thing. There, there you go. Doug Marone not screwing it up, right? Yeah. Like I, and I mean, look, again, that dink and dunk stuff kills me. I think it's, you know, with McAdoo, it's bad. And with, you know, so many teams. But, you know, if, you're, if your defense is playing at that level, that's probably what you should be doing. Um, the one other question about that game, um, Javorius Allen. Last week, I felt like, the stars aligned and everybody was on him. Everybody said, Oh, now they, I mean, with West kind of banged up a little bit um, and he's playing really well. And, you know, Woodhead's out. Uh, Allen's going to be, he, he's a, he's a top 20 fantasy running back. And he just, after yesterday, look, I went, I don't think I can ever trust this guy again. Yeah. I mean, look, he was a guy that they drafted a couple years ago and they never really wanted to give him a shot. They signed Danny Woodhead, right? Danny Woodhead's 32 coming off an ACL or they signed him maybe last year. I can't remember if he's still in the Ravens when he got hurt, but you know, they could have used him. They, they had him there and they decided to bury him. Woodhead gets hurt and now he's back. Um, but they obviously didn't think enough of him to, by design, make him a huge part of the team. And so, um, you know, so now Alex Collins is now a thing. And then even last year when it was Kenneth Dixon, who they also drafted, and I forgot, you know, had he not uh, been out for the year, he would have been in the mix. Um, Kenneth Dixon and Terrence West were impossible to predict week to week. I, right. I know because I had both of them in a high stakes league and I was getting it wrong every week and there was really no rhyme or reason. Um, and so, you know, to trust a guy that they had buried themselves and they bring in Alex Collins. It just seems, you know, and then Woodhead may be back. I, I mean, I think it was foolish if anybody saw him as anything else but somebody who could get some opportunities. All right. Um, Broncos Bills. Uh, I, I actually, I not to pat myself on the back. I, I, I saw this one coming score wise. I thought the bill, after what I saw last week out of the bills defense, I was really impressed. And I thought, the, and I just kind of think that the Broncos were, the Broncos are good, but not that good. And going into a tough road environment, I kind of thought maybe they'd have some trouble with that said, CJ Anderson, even though I thought the Broncos offense would have some trouble, after last week, I was back on the C.J. Anderson train, you know? I kind of said, okay, I, I know Jamal Charles is getting some carries, but C.J. Anderson is, is more of the guy. He's going to be probably a, a two-thirds to one-third kind of deal. 
And yesterday, as a C.J. Anderson guy, that spooked me because Charles ran well and he's been running well. And Anderson didn't. And I just the, the timeshare has me more confused than it did before yesterday. If you're a C.J. Anderson owner, how, how worried are you? A little, but not that worried. So I wrote this last week, and I a little bit changed my tune this week, that Charles is the perfect guy to pair with C.J. Anderson. Uh, if you're a C.J. Anderson owner, not to own him, but just that he's the guy paired with him because he's sort of a low workload type of backup, right? He's not – to me, he didn't seem like a threat to get 20 carries and take over Anderson's job. He's just the perfect come in every now and then, get some carries, may, you know, maybe break a big play. Um, and I don't think anything's really fundamentally changed. I mean, Charles had nine carries, which is basically what he does. Right. Um, it's, it's just that Anderson had eight, right? But if Anderson <laughs> had 16, you'd be fine with Charles, you know, busting out a big play. It's like Coleman and Freeman in, in Atlanta. Like, you don't care if Coleman has a good game because Devonta Freeman's going to get his. And I, I still think it's probably like that. But there is a small chance that they're like, hey, you know, Charles is on his last legs. Let's run him into the ground. Maybe he can handle 18 carries a game, 16 carries a game. So I, I think there's maybe a small chance of that, but I think the larger chance is that it's sort of like a Freeman-Coleman split where you have the fast guy who may strike for a big play, but Anderson's still the guy. If, if I had Anderson, I would take the Freeman-Coleman split. That would be fine with me. <laughs> yes, you'd be, yeah, you'd be fine. Well, the production too, but you know, it doesn't right. come with the production. I'm just talking about the split. It doesn't come with 14, 15 touchdowns? Is yeah, that what you're trying to tell me? I, I, Devonta Freeman, the more – I don't have any shares this year. I've had obviously shares of him in the past when he did well. I, he's just such a rock. I just think that's such a it, – it's not an exciting pick if you drafted him, but it's just the guy's like peak Ray Rice without the uh, obvious off-field baggage. Right. And he, It's so funny because the year he came into the league, we all looked at him and said, oh, wow, he could be a really nice third down back. Right. Because you know, well, he the, can catch the ball and then now look at him. The difference, though, between him and like the Tariq Cohens and the Chris Thompsons of the world is that Devonta Freeman, I think, is like 5'8", 200 or something right. like he's, that. He's right? solid. Yeah. Whereas like Tariq Cohen is like 185 or 182. And unless you're work done, you're not getting 15 to 20 carries with that frame. And and the same with, you know, with Chris Thompson, who looks fantastic. But I just don't think they can give him 15, 20 carries unless they want to break him. Yep. Um, okay. Browns Colts. Uh, were you on the Richard Higgins bus last no, week? No, no. And, uh, I, I, I started like thinking, Oh, maybe I should have been more on him. You know, he's, he was someone comped him to, uh, Isaac Bruce coming into the league. I, maybe I'll think about this. And I was like, nah, come on. Don't be <laughs> the, the Brown, you know what? You didn't want to get excited about the Brown slot receiver. Is that it? Well, you know, yeah. the idea was a uh, Brits in the doghouse. Coleman's hurt, you know, Josh Gordon, when are they going to reinstate him? He's not reinstated if they, if he ever will be. Um, so who else are they going to throw to? But that's always, I always feel that's a bad, that's bad logic. Like, we don't know who this guy is. He might not be any good. The team might be terrible. They may not be able to throw a pass, but he's the guy there for now. Like I always think that's a mistake. It's like last year. Remember Torrey Smith, who's actually a good receiver. Yes. Was the only guy in San Francisco. You got, I drafted a lot of Torrey Smith. Like, well, he's going to get 70 catches. Well, no, not necessarily. Not if the whole thing is so screwed up that it doesn't really matter who's there. And then, you know, when you say he's the guy, just the way Terrence West was the guy or Jacquez Rogers is the guy for now in Tampa, it's like, you're only the guy by a very flimsy margin if you're not good. Right. I, and I absolutely fall into that logic sometimes, which is, and, and you're right. It, it works out. It, it, it works out less than you would, you would hope. Um, the other guy in that game. So T Y Hilton blew up and, and we were all worried about T Y Hilton uh, because, you know, the quarterback situation is terrible whenever. And you know, it, I mean, Brissett has proven himself to be not terrible. Let's say, Right. Do you do you have T.Y. Hilton shares? I do. 
I just traded one last week for Mark Ingram and I'm starting to regret it, especially because there was news that luck may start practicing soon. And then you think, well, he just did this with Brissett and maybe Brissett is, as you said, like not terrible, just like borderline competent, which is enough for someone as good as T Y Hilton. And, uh, I had one share and I have zero now. All right. D so, so you didn't trust last. It's hard to, you, you trust him obviously more than you did 24 hours ago. You know, I, I, I traded him before this weekend. Yeah. So, I sold low and got burned, basically. <laughs> but I blame Dalton Del Don for that because that was his idea to do it. Yeah, well, um, you're so, blaming him? Yeah, I'm blaming him. He He's my co-owner in this league, all and right. he was like, we got to take this. We've got so many other good receivers. I'm like, all right, fine. Um, I, I was a little – I thought we should try to extract more than just Ingram, but he did it. And at the time, obviously, his stock was lower. Um but I, I'm, you know, I'm all in on Hilton. Um, if he has just competent quarterbacking and then if luck is two or three weeks away, that's even better. Hilton is, uh, you know, he's just one of those guys. He's like Antonio Brown, basically. I mean, he's super fast. He's super quick. He catches everything. Maybe he's not as durable as Antonio Brown. But besides that, I mean, he's that kind of receiver. Right. He, and he made that, that one big touchdown yesterday. He, made, he ran most, more than half of it. Oh yeah, no, I mean he's so amazing fast, after right? the catch. Yep. He can get behind the D before the catch and he can beat you after the catch, just like Antonio Brown. All right, um, Bucks Vikings, um, Case Keenum. Holy cow, that was interesting. That, yeah, that, my block. Go, sorry, go ahead. No, you guys can say that guy. I, I didn't think the guy was any good at all, and he had a nice yeah, game. Like that, that's the end of the case closed or cold case jokes. Right, <laughs> that's the end of that. Um, I think my joke. Uh, if I if my last name were Case, I'd name my kid Justin. You know, just in case. Yes. Um, still holds up though, even though Case Keenum had a good game. It's just the the case closed, cold case jokes are nice. dead. Um. Yeah, I, you know, he remember when he's on the Texans and he made like a couple good plays. I think it was in Matt Schaub got hurt. I, don't, I can't remember if it was Schaub or whoever else they had at the time. And it was like this guy was a little bit of a prospect. Like it was like he, he, he was pretty mobile and he had a good arm. And then he got exposed a little more and it was like, oh, no. And then he played for the Rams last year. But if you think about it, right, Keenan was terrible. And then golf came in and golf was terrible. And what do they have in common? They had Jeff Fisher as their coach. <laughs> Right. And Jeff Fisher's gone. And now, you know, golf is credible. And, you know, Keenan was suffering from the same handicap that golf was. And so, you know, you put him in, in behind a, an obviously improved offensive line with really good receivers and a good defense. So he's in hitters counts and got a good running back. I mean, maybe he's, you know, competent. Maybe he's good even. So, um, you know, Sam Bradford is not good enough that if Keenum goes on a run, you know, we'll see if Bradford's back next week. I'd be surprised. But if, he, if he's not and Keenum has two or three more good games, it's like, why would you bring Sam Bradford back? Right. Um, but he's but Sam Bradford, everybody was so excited about before. The, you know, not everybody was so excited about. But I felt like I, I kept saying that people would come on here with me over the summer and say that the Vikings offense is better than I think. And then Bradford had that first week, that week one performance and everyone. Oh, my God. Sam Bradford's actually a, good, a decent quarterback now. So. Yeah, but remember, like anybody except Cam Newton apparently can just destroy the Saints. So yeah. it's really hard to evaluate Bradford after one game against the Saints. Um, if I had told you a month ago that after three weeks Dalvin Cook would be second in the league in touches, what would you have said? Uh, a month ago, you know, as soon as like Latavius Murray started really having problems getting back to full speed and we started to know that Cook was the guy, I would have been like, well, I should draft more shares of him, but it's not that's surprising, right? He was one of the 15 or 18 running backs that had, you know, three down potential at least. Right. And he's on pace. So he's got 10, he's on pace for 50 catches. Never mind. Yeah. I mean, back and carrying the ball a lot. He's catching the ball too, which we knew he could, 
But I mean, that's that. If he stays on this pace, let's say you know it's only three games. That's a lot of catches. Right. If you're getting two two fifty and fifty, yeah. that's a first round back, right? Typically, I mean, unless you're Eddie George at the last legs, also under Jeff Fisher, um, being you know running to the ground at three yards a carry. But if you're basically a decent back, and and Cook may be better than decent, and you get two fifty and fifty in full PPR, you know you're you're basically a first or early second round pick. Absolutely. Yeah, he looks really good too. And that whole that whole thing that everybody said about the, you know, the combine forty was not good, but every, you know when you watch him in college, you're like, well, I mean, the guy looks like he's fast. He looks like he's fast now. He really does. Yeah, and also those like uh, stat cast metrics have him like running twenty miles an hour, and they'll be like, uh, Xavier Rhodes ran nineteen, and you know, and Cook ran twenty, and Diggs ran nineteen. You know, they're like, well, how is Cook running faster than those guys in pads? You know, sometimes. Uh, the timed 40 isn't doesn't tell the whole story. Right. Um, other side of that game, um, Jaquiz Rogers, uh, Doug Martin, one more week before suspension ends. Right. Um, Jaquiz Rogers, five for 15 yesterday. I mean, couldn't last week he was just eh. I mean, could, could you look into this week? They play the Giants at home. Or if you own Jaquiz Rogers, are you, are you looking for an alternative? Are you going, all right, maybe work, maybe the workload will come back and, and I could go with him. I'm looking for an alternative. I mean, look, he's ostensibly the starter. Uh, they cut Jeremy McNichols. And then after that, there was really no competition. Charles Sims is more of a third down back. So Doug Martin suspended one more game. He's starting. It's Giants didn't play very good run defense last week, but I would not be excited. It would be like having Terrence West or somebody. You know, It's like right. you have some guy who's not good. He's not assured any role. Uh, there, there's not great people around him. And it just is what it is. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think Doug Martin was somebody really worth waiting for. Maybe I'll be proven wrong when he, when he comes back. I just think that none of those guys really move the needle for me. All right, everybody, you've tried daily fantasy sports games. You've probably tried them in the first three weeks of this season. And, you know, we know how you went. Sometimes you have fun playing. You love the competition. And, you know, you don't win, unfortunately. Um, the sharks in the pool definitely can, can, uh, can be demoralizing. And, and when you lose to people who, who play like that, you, you sometimes quit playing daily fantasy sports. Playing daily fantasy is supposed to be fun. And we're here to tell you about a whole new approach to daily fantasy sports, the fanball number at fanball.com. Here's the fanball difference. Your fanball number identifies your skill level and ensures that you play in contests against players at your skill level. If your fanball number is 35, Chris's is probably, you know, 80, 90, 200, whatever it might be. You're not 10,000, be- whatever, whatever, the higher, the worse, right. whatever it is. That's right. <laughs> you're not, you're not, let's say 35. You're not going to be playing against experts rated in the eighties and nineties. They have their own contest at fanball.com. Every player has a fanball number and every contest has a fanball number. So you can find a contest rated around that 35 and know that it'll have player just like you. They've leveled the playing field with the fanball number at fanball.com. Have more fun and a better chance to win. Check it out for week four, fanball.com. All right. Dolphins jets. It, let me say something real quick, John, about that rating system. Yeah. Um, it's funny how they, they write, you know, you hope it's accurate because one time I was in this basketball league in New York and I lived in New York city in my twenties and they ranked the leagues one from nine, one to 19. One was like the toughest league. 19 was the weakest and they ranked us 11. We were like, okay, we're okay. We'll, we'll do 11. First game against the other team. Some dude Tomahawk dunks it on a fast break. And I'm thinking <laughs> I don't, this is league 11. Like, I don't know if this dude should be in league 11. I'm not really sure that this is our level anyway. So hopefully they, they have it uh, tighter than that. NBA D League was League 11, probably. <laughs> that's what, I, that's what it felt like. I was like, wait, why am I in the NBA D League? Exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, Dolphins, Jets. The Jets ruining their suck for Sam. Not ruining, but damaging it by winning in week three already. You would think maybe they sneak one out in week 15 or something, but winning one right away, that's not good for them. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, but it's weird. You know, we, we think these teams are like, oh, they just eviscerated their whole veteran core. You know, not that those, you know, Eric Decker, oh, they got rid of Eric Decker. You know, they got rid of some mid-level veterans that were probably overpaid. And we're like, they're tanking. They're going to be terrible. But not necessarily. Like, they're not going to be good. But why shouldn't they be 6-10? and 10? You know, we just assume they're going to be 1-15. and 15. And I, I laid the points with the Dolphins this week, which was dumb. You know, just <laughs> buying into that. Like, they're going to be terrible. But... They're not like that bad. They're they're reasonably competitive. And every even the Raiders, they were down fourteen nothing, came back fourteen ten, they muffed a punt and it a couple big plays later they were they were blown out. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. Well, I think I think what got me with them was all those people saying things like, This is the worst NFL roster I've seen in twelve years. And I, that was way I felt like that happened way too much and it made me go, All right, maybe they are this bad. Like I'm not a, I'm not a scout, but all right, maybe I'll buy that. But that's always when it's wrong. Like I remember they were saying that about the Bengals. Uh, there was a year that Andy Dalton was drafted and Carson Palmer was their starter. And then he refused to play for them. So he temporarily retired before he went to the Raiders. And they're like, they're going to bring in the second round rookie who they didn't intend to play when they drafted him. They intended that Palmer is the starter. And then uh, they went own four in the preseason and didn't just lose. They got annihilated in the preseason. Everyone's like, this team's going to go own 16. They made the playoffs that year. So it's, and, and, you know, it just sounds, oh, well, of course the Andy Dalton Bengals made the playoffs that year. But if, if back then they were the Jets. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they went, did they go to the playoffs first year with him? Yeah, his rookie year. Wow. All right. Um, two games. Devontae Parker, 19 targets. I know they were losing a lot yesterday, but uh, is, he, is he sort of, does he become pretty much must start at this point? Yeah, I, I have him in a few places, so I hope so. Uh, he was doing nothing last game. It was a total garbage time drive where he got all the catches and the touchdown. It was literally one drive. It, it was a real dud until then. I don't know. I, I was sort of big on the Dolphins this year, big on Adam Gase and Parker improving and Ajayi. And I think Cutler has been kind of underrated over his career just because he's got that sort of meme of, you know, smoking the cigarette and not giving a shit. Um, but I... I kind of, you know, I kind of like them. So I don't really know how to explain what happened in, against the Jets. And it makes me kind of worry about everybody on that team. Yeah. And it makes me and a Jets side, by the way. I was buying Bilal Powell in the preseason, but I still I'm looking at yesterday. I'm going, yeah, I don't know. Still, this is I know we got the most work, but there's too, there's too many guys there that they're missing. And they don't care. Right. Like they're not like they're trying to win every game, I'm sure, in the game itself. But who they suit up, who they game plan around. It's hard to have a lot of faith in that. Right. How do you not throw the ball to Powell anymore? All of a sudden, this is the one thing that I was not expecting. Even if Powell got less work than I thought this year, I went, oh, he's going to catch four passes a game. And they just, they stopped. Like, he's, yeah, he's a really good receiver. He, I, I thought he and Forte were going to catch like 50, 60 patches each because I thought there's no receivers there. Right. Maybe Safarian Jenkins becomes somebody. Maybe he doesn't make it back as a, as a real NFL player. And then you had like Robbie Anderson, but suddenly like Jermaine Curse gets targets and Robbie Anderson, and now they throw to their receivers. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's very, it's very strange. They're, they're like taking it seriously in a way that we didn't think they would right. and then not taking it seriously. Maybe it's very, it's like we made all these assumptions like, oh, they're just not going to take it seriously. They're just going to dump it off to the backs, but they're, I don't know what they're doing. Like, why would you trade for Jermaine Curse? What would be the point of that? Right. I agree. Unless you want to, you know, I mean, I guess you can't completely give up, but I, I don't know. Um, all right, Falcons lines. We talked about the, the Freeman Coleman split with the Bronco guys. So Coleman, 29 touches in three games. Some people like him. What happened is last year he had those big, he had a few big plays early and people kind of got lulled into the idea of, well, you know, 
maybe he doesn't get the work I want, but man, he's, he's good. You know, he's the fast guy who can, you know, catch a, catch a pass and take it 70 yards for a touchdown. Is he a guy that you would like to, I mean, it's a high powered offense and there's a lot of scoring chances, even though he's on the short end of the stick. He's the type of guy, he just doesn't get the ball enough for me. Are you in the same boat with him? Yeah. What's weird. So he, he went all Chris Thompson last year. Okay. And so everyone loves Chris Thompson. I mean, he's amazing. So was Tevin Coleman. He was last year's Chris Thompson. He was doing a lot with a few touches, but that's just never sustainable over the long haul. So you either need to get more touches or you're just going to regress and not be great. And I think that's what's happening. And, you know, he's still, I, I even think if Freeman went down, I'm not sure Coleman would get 20 carries, you know, if it would be Teron Ward or whoever. Uh, came in and got the carries because I just don't think that Coleman, they see him as that kind of back. So no, I, I don't like having him. I would rather have somebody who can, you know, just help me uh, with maybe less upside than, uh, than somebody with that kind of talent. All right. Um, that game, did you think that was a touchdown by the way? Which one? The, the golden Tate? The, yeah. So I didn't, I was very mad because I had the lions plus three. Yeah. Um, and you know, just kick the field goal and cover, you know, I, there's no reason to go for the touchdown, just lose by a point. But, but the thing is, so the thing that is obviously unfair, I didn't, I didn't really look at the replay closely. I thought I won and then I lost. And then it's very selfish. It's all about me. But, but then I was like, well, it was third down. So let's go, let's get fourth down. And it's like, no, there's a 10 second runoff, which right. is just, I mean, it's just unbelievable because if he had, if it had been whistled called right on the field and they were like, Oh, we shorted it down. They would have hustled up and before one set, you know, they would have handed a ball off again right. from the one inch line. And it is just unbelievable that they got cheated out of a play because they got the call wrong on the field. They get the call right. They get the scramble. They probably get a play. I mean, how can you say because we miss we called the call wrong and reviewed and then had to review it that you guys lose your fourth down play. That's just unbelievable to me. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, it was, I mean, I, I get the rule, but yeah, come irrespective on. of whether, whether he was in or not. I don't know. Did you? Look at the replay. I thought it was. And the thing is, I, I haven't sat and studied the replay, but every time I kind of you know looked across the room and saw it on the screen again, I went, did, did anyone really touch him? And maybe I didn't see enough angles, but I don't know. I thought he was in, but you know, maybe I need to watch it again. Um, Saints Panthers. Oh my God. People in people in Charlotte here, by the way, I, I've been seeing a lot of people on Twitter going, well, why can't they fire on Rivera? I mean, it's just really bad. The, the morale's low. He is such an idiot. I mean, he was down like, I don't know, 24 to six or whatever it was, 24 to 13, probably 24, six. And he punted on yeah. fourth and five from the 35 yard line in the third quarter. It's, Somebody it's, I tweeted at me. I was like, no, he didn't. So I went back and checked the, the game log and I was like, he did. He did. Yeah, I, I it, don't know. <laughs> we, we call him, you know, his riverboat Ron. Cause he used to go on fourth down when he, when he had just even a modicum of courage at some point in his, in his coaching career. We call him nickel slot, Ron, right? He's just, <laughs> he is just such a coward. What are you doing? I'm, you're down like 18 points to the Saints. You're not going to go on fourth and five. I mean, what kind of. The explanation just, was he didn't want to give the Saints any more momentum. He, <laughs> he, he was down 18 points in the third quarter. Like you got to score a touchdown. And yeah, he's, I mean, he's lost the thread, you know? So, and the Saints at home, I mean, it's just, I, I don't, I didn't watch that game. So I don't really know. Why the Saints couldn't? I mean, why the Panthers couldn't easily move the ball? Is Cam still missing wide open receivers? Are, yes, he is. That's what's happened. And, and what happened was they actually ran well early. They ran very well, and they couldn't punch it in, and, and that hurt. And then later on, they just you know they stopped being able to run well. And Cam was missing everybody, and the three picks were just they were not good. And I mean, Benjamin got hurt. 
you know, it's, I mean, I, they should have tried to, they, they should have stuck with the run more, it looked like, because that was the way they were succeeding early. They, they, I mean, I think it was the first drive, they, they held on the ball for eight and a half minutes, they moved down the field, and then they couldn't get it in the end zone. So. But I just don't, I don't understand how an NFL caliber team, I mean, with or without Benjamin, I don't, I don't, they don't have Olsen either, obviously, but I mean, the Saints are like, it's like playing a high school team. Like those, they can't play even. Plus, their corners were hurt. The scrubby corners they did. Maybe that was an upgrade for the Saints that their starting <laughs> corners were hurt. But Delvin Bro was hurt. Like there's no, they're down to like third stringers in the secondary, and they're bad to begin with. It's just amazing that at home, that that offense couldn't move the ball. You really, you know, given last year and and the way Cam has started this year, man, it's it's you know it's it's bad. You, you, yeah, you're talking about the MVP of the league who's had, you know, two of the top seven fantasy seasons of all time. Uh, a guy who's had eight yards per passing attempt one year. So it's not just the running skill. He was actually a, a quality passer. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, it doesn't look like the shoulder. It doesn't look hurt. It doesn't look like he's like, you know, pain in pain when he throws the ball. I'm not really sure what it is. I'm not sure. I think it might be. I wonder if that's hurting him worse than he's letting on because the accuracy is it's very bad. So, but yeah. I don't know. I'm guessing. Um, he missed, he missed, uh, Christian McCaffrey on a throw at the end of uh, week two, it would have covered the spread, which annoyed the hell out of me. And then Ron, of course, kicks the field goal to go up six, which is just moronic, but he missed a wide open Christian McCaffrey on a pass that I make nine times out of 10. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it, was, it was like a six yard toss to, a, I mean, it was easy, you know? So I don't, I don't know what's, what's wrong with him. All right. So this week, um, I, I actually just checked still no news on Kelvin Benjamin who hurt his knee yesterday. Um, even as bad as the Panthers passing game is now, this goes back to the, you know, how many, there's only so many guys that they can throw to Devin Funches, uh, is, is he a guy you're looking at on the waiver wire this week? Cause he might, I mean, other than McCaffrey, he might be the guy Cam has to go to. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to look for him. Uh, I would have liked to see him do more against the saints. I, I would use him obviously, you know, opportunity is, is something. And, but I, again, I, I don't feel like those guys who just happen to be the guy, but it's a failed situation. Are reliable. Let me just check what Funches did. He had four for 58 on 10 targets. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it could be like a Richard Higgins situation where if the QB's bad and the offense is bad, then getting the guy who's ostensibly number one is, is probably not worth investing more than a, a, a small bid on. Right. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cashback or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from VCUSA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Okay, let's go to Steelers-Bears. Um, maybe we shouldn't have written off Jordan Howard so fast. Do you think that's, that's possible after two games that he wasn't toast in the worst first round pick ever. And everyone made such a mistake for drafting him. Yeah, I didn't think that I was a little concerned that he dropped the, what should have been the game winning pass against the Falcons. That's, that's like a really bad thing, right? It's not just like he it was awful. didn't have a great game. It's like you, you blew it for the entire team. 
But two things he has going in his favor is one, Tariq Cohen is never going to be that early down workhorse for reasons you and I discussed. Mm -hmm. And second, there's nobody else to do that job. And third, he was actually very good last year. So stuck with him. Uh, he ran rough shot over the Steelers, got the game winning, the game winning touchdown. So it's kind of a nice uh, bookend to, to how he blew uh, week one. And yeah, he's good. And it's, it's a good, and he even caught five passes. That's the other thing. So, um, he's, he's in good shape. It's, uh, you know, he's probably a top 12 back right now. Still. That is, that's a situation where I guess two running backs can be viable just because there's, there's almost literally nothing else for them to, to do on off. There's nowhere else for them to go. Right. I mean, you sit there, they're going to have to use their backs constantly because the receivers are so terrible. Well, that's what I thought the Jets might be with Powell and Forte, right. uh, and for, they're not. Uh, but the Bears are basically doing that with, you know, Cohen playing the Powell role and Howard playing Forte. You know, well, not quite the pass catcher Forte is, but you know, Forte seven years ago as a runner. I mean, for yesterday, so Jordan Howard, twenty-eight touches for Howard, sixteen for Cohen. So that's yeah. Don't don't let the point is don't let Jordan Howard's day scare you away from three Cohen. Right. You, I mean. You, what, I think this brings up an important concept, John, which is the the size of you know the narrowness of the tree, how many branches there are on each tree. Like in, in Denver, like Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, like they're money in the bank because yeah. that's the only guys they throw to. They don't throw to the backs much. They don't throw to the tight end. There's no real viable third receiver. Maybe Benny Fowler's quasi viable, but there's really two guys there. And in Chicago, there's two running backs there, and there's really nobody else that's a reliable option. So if the tree is narrow, it doesn't really matter that there's two guys who ostensibly play the same position. It doesn't matter. There's just, there's enough for both of those guys. Yep. And, and otherwise you, you mentioned a couple of, uh, you, you, we talked about point spreads a couple of times. I am going to, I'm going to keep using the bears at home as an underdog. I, well, I so, had, against the Falcons. I expected it. And yesterday I expected it. They're going to keep games close even when they don't win. So against the Falcons, I took it, but it was a, it was a 50, 50 call, but against the Steelers, I loved it because yeah. the Steelers cannot play on the road. Ben Roethlisberger, Again, six yards per attempt, only one touchdown. He fumbled. He had, took four sacks. This is a three-year and three-game, you know, now two games. He's been on the road two, three years and two games, dating back to 2013. He has been awful on the road. If you look at his home road splits, they're even more extreme than, say, Aaron Rodgers' or Drew Brees's. So if I have Roethlisberger in a fantasy league, I never start him on the road. And if I am, you know, they price the Steelers. The Steelers are laying seven and a half on the road. They don't realize this is a totally different team because the quarterback just doesn't perform away from home. Right. And so it, it, that was a, a great bet. I, even, though, even if the Steelers had won the game, I mean, it was 50-50 in overtime. It doesn't matter. I mean, it, you know, they were, they were laying seven and a half. Right. And the Bears, I, I think I said to Derek last week, they're not good, but there's parts about them that are good. You know, the front seven on defense and the offensive line is not bad. Like you, you can, there, there's things about them that make them, they're not going to be a bad, bad team. They might lose a bunch of close games, but they're not going to be a really bad team. They're going to make things annoying for people is the word I keep using with them. Um, all right, Patriots, uh, Texans. I, I read, I didn't watch much of this game. I heard that Deshaun Watson was, so I don't know who I saw that was watched the tape of and said he, he, Deshaun Watson looked leaps and bounds better than he did last week. Yeah, so. I didn't watch much of the tape either. I, I was totally wrong about this game. I was like, the Patriots are getting the lead, and then Watson's going to be like a deer in the headlights and throw a bunch of picks and implode. And the opposite happened. He easily spread the ball around, didn't even target Hopkins that much, and kept pace with Brady and the, and the Patriots and actually took a lead. Now, I don't think the Patriots' D is especially good right now, but you still got to give credit um, to do that on the road. Right. So, you know, I, I'm very... Uh, 
you know, I, I, I'm impressed so far. And, and I think that, I don't know, I don't, uh, the scouting said his arm was sort of substandard to the point where, you know, he would be like, um, Chad Pennington at, at the end where he just was good, but he couldn't, he just couldn't even make the throw. So we'll see if he can do that. But, um, I think so far so good for, you know, three games as a rookie. Is, is he a guy you're looking to, I, I think I'm looking to stream him for bye weeks just because of the running. Like I know this is a guy, I look at him and I go like Marcus Mariota is not going to run enough for me. He's a better quarter passer, but that's a whole different thing. But, but I look at Deshaun Watson and I go, that guy's going to take off a few times a game. He, he's going to run for some touchdowns and he's going to break off some big runs and he's going to get 30 to 40 yards rushing for me. I, I think every week, even if he doesn't throw the ball up. Yeah, I, I think he's like that. I mean, I streamed Kaiser over Mariota and Mariota was hosting the Seahawks and Kaiser, he was, uh, you know, in Indy and he didn't play well, but he got two touchdown passes, a touchdown run, 40 rushing yards and got me more points. And I, I think that those running quarterbacks, when they have the right matchup, are exactly who should be streaming. If you have Roethlisberger and Roethlisberger's on the road against a good D, you know, pick up Watson or Kaiser or whoever. Um, on the Patriots side, do you trust Chris Hogan yet? I don't know. I, I, I was a huge Brandon Cooks guy. and I was happy to see him finally cash in. But Hogan also had two touchdowns. And yeah, I, I mean, receiver, it's really hard with receivers because you look at Julio Jones last year, he had a 300 yard game bracketed by two 15 yard games. So you just don't know. Even if you're a number one, you never really know week to week with receivers. And then you get a receiver that was more of a, you know, like a ninth round pick like Hogan. And you're like, is this for real? Isn't it? You know, are the Patriots going to throw this much every week? Maybe. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I think right now I would treat him the way I would treat someone like Deshaun Jackson, somebody who, you know, is going to have big games and that is worth starting as your third receiver. Um, just because you know, that big game is possible. So it's reasonable to, to roll the dice on him, but, uh, I'm not yet putting him up there with, you know, a higher ranked receiver like a Golden Tate or a Keenan Allen or Stephon Diggs or someone like that. All right. See, so you, you just named a, a wide receiver that I find immensely frustrating to Sean Jackson. And I always have. So you're scaring well, me away from Chris Hogan. Well, no, but I mean, that's the nature of Deshaun Jackson. Well, he's the difference is Hogan is big enough to get a lot of targets. Deshaun Jackson, he'll just never get 130 targets. He's always 99 targets. Right. But those targets go for 10 yards a piece. Yeah. So that's a thousand yards. You know, most guys who get, you know, they, they need 130 targets to get to a thousand yards. He just needs 99. Um, and the same, you know, the touchdowns are going to be very hit or miss because it's 50 yard touchdowns are hard to come by, but he can get eight or he can get three. You know, you don't really know year to year. Um, Hogan will be more reliable for touchdowns. And I, I just, I'm just not sure where he fits in the offense. Is he their sort of quasi number one receiver with cooks and Gronk or is he just, you know, on sort of a heater right now and will cool off now that they're realizing hopefully that, wow, Cooks is really, really good. Yeah. But I mean, Hogan, and Hogan yesterday, what, six targets, which makes you go, eh, I don't know. Um, Seahawks Titans. All right. So Murray and uh, looked carry wise, pretty much exact timeshare with Murray and Henry. Okay. DeMarco Murray was hurt during the week, um, but played and didn't look like he was hurt. Henry, Derek Henry actually, Came out early in the game a little bit, hurt his thigh, but then came back in and, and played fine. Um, what, what, if you're a DeMarco Murray owner, what are you thinking right now? I'm thinking, you know, if he's healthy, it'll be fine. If he's not healthy, obviously, you got to worry. I, I don't, I'm not worried about Henry per se. Uh, I'll put it differently. Uh, I, I said last week when Henry had the big day when Murray was hurt, 
that this could mark the changing of the guard. It could be Priest Holmes, Larry Johnson. You know, Priest Holmes was great for all those years, but now Larry Johnson's the man, and that's the guy to own. And that could be one narrative, right? But the other narrative is kind of like Matt Forte or remember Thomas Jones when Jamal Charles was in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Some of these veterans are just impossible to kill, you know? I don't know if you're a Game of Thrones guy. They're like the hound, you know? You think they're dead, but hopefully no spoilers. This is a few years since he reemerged, so I feel okay about it. But you just can't kill them off. And, you know, it could go either way. It could be like, this is the change in the guard. Or it could be like, nope, that veteran guy's going to keep showing up. And the first hint you got was Malarkey was like, nope, he's definitely our starter. And then the second hit you got was that he ran a 75-yard touchdown. Right. And you're like, I guess he's not that hurt. So, um, you know, I, of course, Henry's got tons of upside should something happen. But the fact that now he's banged up too and that clearly Murray is not severely banged up, um, I, I still think we're kind of where we were at the beginning of the season. All right. Everybody, if you won less than you thought last season, Daily Fantasy Football, and if you, you know, again, played with a bunch of Sharks in the first few weeks of this season, you're still losing, that's not good. It's no fun. But if you're tired of losing, check out Let's Rumble in the Apple App Store. Let's Rumble, and that's Rumble without any at the end, matches you with players of the same skill level, giving you a fair chance every time. Play head-to-head for your best chance of winning, or group up to play multiple rivals for a bigger payout. Ranking the weekly leaderboards to win free cash prizes. You heard that right. Free cash prizes awarded every week. All you have to do is play the game and you'll be entered in the leaderboards. Your highest score will determine your spot that week. So download Let's Rumble in the Apple App Store now and get a free $5 bonus with your deposit. That's Let's Rumble in the Apple App Store. Thanks a lot, Let's Rumble. Okay, um, Chiefs Chargers. Um, Kareem Hunt's still the greatest running back in the history of the universe. That's one. We don't have to talk about him any more than that. Hunter Henry. I mean, so last week... The first week, he did nothing. Last week, he came back and he caught, what, eight passes or something. And then he said, okay, Hunter Henry's fine. Or I did. And then he's not. He's vanished. He didn't do anything. I'm a huge, a huge Hunter Henry guy. I drafted him everywhere. Yeah. And I touted him everywhere. You know, sometimes you end up with a guy that you didn't intend to. This is the guy who was, like, targeting aggressively. And after week one, I was concerned. After last week, when he, he caught every target thrown his way. For like 10 or 11 yards per target. He was excellent. As a rookie, he had eight touchdowns on 53 targets. Not only do rookie tight ends never do anything unless they're all-time greats. Gronk had 10 his rookie year. But, um, but he did it on so, such few, so little opportunity. And then now Gates' carcass. I mean, he should be out of the way. He's got his record. Who cares about him anymore? I don't know why. I you mean, it's, think. they only scored 10 points. I mean, they couldn't score any points. So maybe they should try to target their young talented player uh who's getting a lot of yards per target I, I don't know what they're thinking i have no idea i have no idea either because because after last week i said all right hunter henry owners you know get you're get off the ledge you're fine now i don't know what to think i mean what do you next week they're playing hang on they're playing the eagles at home i mean what do you do if you want hunter henry do you want to start him i don't uh yeah i mean again like it's it's hard right depends what your choices are um well, you know, maybe there'll be some news on it. Like the coach will say something like, yeah, we need to get Hunter Henry more involved or something like that. But if you don't hear anything specific, it's going to be tough to start him over a Charles Clay or, you know, just any tight end that's getting targets. Right. Or any tight end who's got a decent, like, if you got a tight end with a decent matchup and he's been getting, you know, five targets a week or something and you go, all right, because Hunter Henry, I mean, I, 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 he could be really good and he could vanish again. I have no idea. I have no, I mean, sometimes even the bad tight ends are more predictable than that. So, yeah, it, it, there's there's a lot of dysfunction there. Um, I, I don't know exactly what's going on. I mean, I, there's one thing that they're 
that there's no fan base for the Chargers anymore. They just they basically just dicked over their fan base, tried to move, and the new place doesn't want them. And so now they're sort of like in limbo with no home field really to speak of. And the one they have is too small and nobody shows up anyway. So, you know, I, that's got to bleed over into the operations of the team. It's got to be a horrible feeling. Right, so so I, I'm, I think they may be like in, in some trouble. You, you lived in L.A. for a while, right? Yes, I did. OK, so I mean, in Europe, football fan. So you do, do you wake up on a Sunday morning and say, uh, maybe I'll go to the Chargers game today? Uh, if it got to the point where nobody was showing up and it was super cheap and there wasn't a lot of traffic, I, I'd consider it. But the truth is, like, L.A. is the worst sports town in the United States. First of all, everyone's high. So nobody cares. Nobody cares. There's no passion. <laughs> Second of all, it's a beautiful day out. You're going to go to the beach, hang out, do your thing. Everyone's so, like, vain and self-obsessed. So, like, there's just no... To like, it's not like a bitter cold place like Buffalo or like mm. Cleveland or something where it's like the game is everything. It's miserable out, but there's this thing that you can channel all your despair into this team. You know, it's, it's like this fake paradise place that like, why would you go and try to like get into a football game in the middle of the day when it's beautiful out? Uh, and then, you know, as I said, everyone's high. Nobody wants to drive to, you know, the traffic is a real problem. I, someone invited me to a Dodger game with like VIP seats and all this thing. Uh, one of my buddies, Kevin Payne, he won a FanDuel contest. And I was like, I really appreciate it. But no, nah, man, I just I just I just don't have an hour each way to get there, you know, and then just navigating the crowd and the hell of it. I just it's not worth it. And, you know, it's a bad sports town uh, emotionally and it's a bad sports town logistically. And they already got a team that's new that there's no, you know, at least new old, you know, the Rams. Right. But that, you know, people are still not don't have that much allegiance to. And now they're supposed to somehow like. Uh, get attached to another new team that they have no allegiance to when they know for a fact that the owner totally dicked over the whole population of San Diego. We tried to blackmail them into paying for a stadium when they smartly said, no, take a hike. Now he's going to LA. Like, you know, it's like, there's just no, the case is so weak for adopting the chargers and I feel bad for the players. It's not their fault, but uh, I can't imagine that that does not have an effect on morale. You should. You never tried the Larry David approach to get to the to get into the carpool lane to go to Dodger Stadium. <laughs> yeah, like a, a prostitute or a dummy or something. Yeah, I'd, uh, yeah, I should. I, I should have. Yeah, that's still my favorite Curb episode. Yeah, it was it was a good one. Yeah, he, what he he gets the prostitute and then or he got he tried to use a dummy. I can't remember, but uh, was, he, I remember he did. What what happened? He he picked her up because he knew he wanted to go to the game, so he picked her up and went to the game. And then a cr- the next section over, he saw the guys from the country club he was trying to join. Right. Plus, that he was the, trying to get hot for his dad for his glaucoma. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the whole. That is, that is funny. Are you excited about the new curb season? Uh, I am. I, you know, it's been so long, yeah. but uh, you know, I, I, I love Larry David. I, I think they're, I think they're going to be good. So yeah. yeah, I love him too. I didn't like the last couple of seasons. I didn't. I wasn't as excited. So I'm not sure what to make of this. Like everything, everything goes past its. You know, it's everything has an expiration date, and I'm wondering if this one. I hope I'm wrong. So. Yeah, it could be, but he's waited so long and there's always material of that. That kind of material never ceases to emerge in just your day to day. You know, if you're walking around with a notebook and you just observe your day to day interactions, there's lots of that kind of material. All right, let's go. Uh, Bengals Packers. That was a, That was an interesting ending. Um, Aaron Rodgers is just awesome, but we knew that. So it's Joe Mixon time. We've, we've said a lot of us said in the preseason over time, you know, Marvin Lewis was insisting, oh, no, no, we're going to, all these guys are going to be, we're going to go with the hot hand in the backfield. Um, Joe Mixon time is here, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it seems like they made a dedicated, just a choice. We're going to use him 
Um, I think still think Geo is a really good back, but if you're going to draft a back in the second round with serious baggage, okay, you got to use this guy, right? Unless you think you're just like a rebuilding team or something, which they're not. I mean, they're, you know, they have veterans. This is a team that, you know, AJ Green is still in his late prime. Andy Dalton's in his prime. Um, you got to use him. And it's, it was surprising that they just, you know, it was like politics or something like, oh, well, you know, we all got to give everyone a chance. It's like, no, you're just pick the best guy and put that guy in the game and give him the ball and just do that until he gets hurt. That's your job as a coach. Like you don't need to spread everything, keep everyone happy. Uh, and so I, you know, Mixon looks really good. I mean, it wasn't, he didn't have a ton of room and it you know, wasn't the, the game flow was weird last night, but, um, but yeah, he looks good. He does look good. And, and, and I agree with you. I, I think Gio's a good back too, but Gio's going to be, Gio's going to be the sidekick. I mean, I get 10 touches, but that's probably it. And Hill's just going to get completely buried, which is probably warranted. Um, so did you watch the end of that one? I did watch the end of it, although it's all kind of blending together in my head. All right. Well, it, the thing that struck me was how he, it seemed like he threw to Geronimo Allison every down for a little while on the last drive. Like all yeah. of a sudden he was tar- He was like, that's the guy I want to go to. And he kept going to him. Yeah, you think it was a matchup, like who who Cincinnati was putting on him or what? I guess. It seemed like, because he dropped, I think he dropped one. And then he kept going back to him. But um, I, that's, a, that's a guy who, it, even, you, you talked about the, the branches of the tree. And, and if Cobb's out again, I mean, e- even a third receiver or a fourth, if you want to count Bennett, can be a decent play for, for the Packers, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think part of it is that Ty Montgomery, is he really going to be an early down back or is he going to also just catch passes and they're going to kind of do what they did last year when they won like eight games in a row, which is just throw every play. I mean, Jamal Williams does not look good. They don't really have him as part of the game plan. And Montgomery is also a receiver and they like to throw to him. So if they're throwing the ball 40 times plus a game and they're Aaron Rodgers throws, um, having a piece of that, having seven targets out of those 40 is probably worth something. But right. You know, it's Nelson's always going to be the red zone guy. Adams is the second red zone guy. If any, if there's a third red zone guy, it's Bennett. So you're going to get sort of between the twenties work for Allison, but that's probably the ceiling. Okay. Um, let's see. Last one, the night game. That was a, I, I thought the Redskins, I actually thought the Redskins would win that one, but they kicked the crap out of the Raiders. I know it was, it was ridiculous. I didn't think the Redskins could had that in them, pretty much. Are the Raiders yeah. as good as we thought? No. Well, first of all, everyone hates like all the sabermetric guys hate the Raiders. They think they suck, right? Yeah. And so the Raiders keep defying them. They keep winning games. You know, they go into Tennessee. Everyone's tr- Tennessee was a trendy pick this year, and they easily beat Tennessee. And the Jets game, you know, whatever. You can't be that impressed by beating the Jets. But they always have like a Jalen Richard eighty yard run or a Cordell Patterson fifty yard run. Or Derek Carr makes some ridiculous drive where they win when they shouldn't win. Um, and, and they just seem like smoke and mirrors, but they always do it. Like, they're not that good. They're not a good defense. Their, their line is good, but their running game is not that great. Like, their normal running game, they don't seem to have a lot of – they have a couple huge plays, but it's not a consistent, like, five-yard-a-carry type of offense. And then, you know, they have Crabtree, who's slow. He made a bunch of good plays, but he's not a great receiver. Cooper's good, but he keeps dropping the ball. Like, yeah. this, they don't have a great tight end. This doesn't seem like a great team. Carr's seven yards an attempt. There's nothing special but they just keep exceeding expectations. And I felt like this was a major correction. It was like, you know, it just corrected. It was like, wow, not only are they not as good as we think, like they car looked like his brother, you know, his brother at the end, 
in, in Houston he did. after he'd been sacked 70 times a year for four years. <laughs> right. Um, do we need to – should we revise our expectations at all for Amari Cooper? He's going to be a good fantasy receiver, but I think coming into the season, uh, many people – I sound like Donald Trump. Many people say that yeah. he, he's going to be – You know, maybe this is the year he takes the step forward. Is he maybe just not that great? Yeah, that's 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 one that's the Occam's razor explanation, right? Like it just yeah, maybe he's just not as good as we thought. He was drafted really high. He never had the physical specs of, you know, Julio Jones or AJ Green. He was like six one, six two, two ten. Right? He was he wasn't one of those freaks that just by size and speed alone, if he could play at all, he would be good. He was polished he was just a real when he got drafted. He was a polished guy. Definitely. Yeah, he was polished, he was you know, good physically above average size and speed, but nothing jaw dropping. And yeah, I I thought he might blow up this year too. I was actually one of the people who believed that and thought, you know, this guy's, you know, the pedigree and everything's right there, but he, he dropped a few passes early on. And for whatever reason, and this has been the case for the last, you know, three years, Carr trusts, uh, Crabtree more, even though Crabtree's at 6.4 yards per target the last two years, this year he started off well. He just likes Crabtree better, and that's a big problem. And maybe it's because uh, Cooper makes has some drops, uh, or maybe it's for some un- inexplicable reason. But Crabtree's probably the even money bet if you're going to say who's going to have more targets this year, and that's not good for the guy you took in the second round. It's not good. Um, on the other side of that, we talked about Chris Thompson earlier, and how there's a danger of breaking Chris Thompson if you give him the ball too much. However. The guys, they, the other guys they have in that backfield are are just boring. I mean, Gruden likes Rob Kelly, but at at, at this point, Tom, Thompson seems to be at a bit of a different level than than he's been before. Like he's really, he looks really, he's always looked good. I feel like he looks a little more explosive. Maybe it's just you know the big plays have just sort of happened. But how tempted do you think Gruden's going to be to say, I got to keep getting this guy the ball twelve to fifteen times? I gotta, I gotta try. He's my, he's my, you know, my best playmaker. Uh, I think he's tempted, but I, I don't think it's going to work because, you know, Thompson It's not only that he's small, but he's like been injured a lot. Like he finally stayed healthy last year, but he, his first few years in the league, he was always hurt. So, um, I don't know, maybe Mac Brown gets some more work. I mean, P Ryan fumbled and did not look especially good. And, uh, and Kelly's banged up and that rib injury doesn't sound like it's just going to go away. It sounds like it's a pain tolerance thing. That's going to be constantly an issue every time he gets hit. So, and maybe Mac Brown is a speculative ad. You think so? I don't know. He actually did. He had a couple of decent runs, but it was late. I mean, it's, you know, it's, you know when the defense is worn down toward the end of the game, it's yeah. very easy to look at a guy and say, oh, look at that's a pretty good run. But like, yeah, they're basically giving up by that point. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe you, are you thinking Chris Thompson's going to get, you know, more work last. How many carries did he have this, this past week? He, this, this week he had eight carries and six catches. So when I'm looking at, see I, the thing I was afraid, always afraid of with Chris Thompson, even in a PPR league is I, I go, I, I, I worry about the games where he goes three carries and three catches. Cause then you're dead. Well, he did that last week, right? Three, three carries for 77 yards and two touchdowns and three catches for 29 yards. Right. But he's been playing so well that I'm starting to talk myself into the idea that those three and three games are a lot less likely. That Gruden's going to go, all right, I, I have, I'm, I, he can't be a workhorse, certainly, but I have to get him the ball more than I did last week. And last night may have been an indication of what that is. 
Okay. So his first week, three carries, four catches. Second week, three carries, three catches. He's happened to score touchdowns both weeks. So it looked a lot better. This week, eight carries, six catches. Uh, and, and that, I think that is sustainable. Eight carries and four to five catches. Sold. I think it's a, okay. That, Cause right. Cause eight carries eight times 16, right. Is what that's, that's a 80 uh, 128, 128. So you get 128 carry pace and then eight, you know, and then six catches is too much, but just give them like four catches, 64 catches. So if you're a 60 plus catch, you know, basically if you're a 50, 60 catch back with a hundred plus carries, that's golden PPR. You know, that's like a third, that's like peak Darren Sproles with the saints. Um, and that's the ceiling for any back like Tariq Cohen or Chris Thompson. And we may be, he may have a year like that. I just think that the touchdowns are going to be harder to come by. I think it's been a little fluky that he scored four touchdowns so far and that you may just be dealing with a lot of Tevin Coleman weeks that he just becomes Tevin Coleman. And the downside is exactly what you, you're saying is, you know, he gets eight catches for 30 yards and three catches for 15 yards. Right. And that's your running back. All right. Yeah, I can't say I want. I don't know. I, I, I like watching that guy. I don't know. I, want, I, I wonder what Gruden's going to do there. That's all. But you're right. There's, there's definitely a downside. Um, Cowboys, Cardinals, are you looking? I think the Cardinals are going to win. I picked, I think I might have picked the Cardinals to win. I got to look at my beating in the book. I definitely picked the Cardinals to cover. Um, I think that, you know, the Cowboys D is bad. I think people saw that game against the Giants and were like, oh, Rod Marinelli's done a great job with the defense. I'm like, no, he hasn't. <laughs> it's, it's all Ben McAdoo. Right. <laughs> I agree. Um, the, on the Cardinal side, are you are, are you DFSing any of the Cardinal receivers? So since I'm in Portugal, I cannot DFS. Although I am in one DFS non money Yahoo league, which is part of a bigger league I'm doing with some, with some guys, and I have Jerron Brown. Um, I, I I think Jerron Brown, assuming he plays, he's a little banged up. There's a chance JJ Nelson doesn't play. He's banged up. John Brown's not playing. We know David Johnson's not playing. Larry Fitzgerald is like 75 years old. They don't have a tight end to speak of. I mean, Jerron Brown, if he plays, can be their number one receiver. Yes, I agree. Last week, what did he get? 10 targets, I think? 11, I think. 11, yeah. I mean, they he didn't do much with them, but <laughs> at least he got right. it. <laughs> at least they're trying to throw to him. All right. Um, everybody listeners to our podcast and get a free 10 day rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Check it out. Rotowire.com slash pod. Chris, what are you doing? What are you up to early this week? Uh, I got to finish up my blog, uh, just, you know, reviewing the games, basically like what we did with this pod. And then I've got some stuff to write about, um, a little bit about the Kaepernick stuff, which I thought was very interesting this week. And then of course, uh, handicapping the games against the spread and then my, uh, survivor pick for week four. You know, it's, it's, oh, it's more fun. The stuff this weekend, when you go on Facebook, it's very entertaining. Right. Facebook is funny. Twitter. I, oh. I mean, it's, oh. it, it is, it is just so funny. Like there are so many people, I, I don't care. Like I'll get in the mix. You know, I don't work for ESPN. I don't have any like sort of visibility problem where like I'm going to get fired because I tweeted about something. So I, I mix it up and I get some very, uh, I get some good feedback and I get some very funny feedback from, uh, from doing that, that I actually like, I love trolls by the way. I just, they, it really is an enjoyable part to me of the internet. <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there, but I agree with you. It makes yeah. it, you know, as, as long as you can take it with a sense of humor, it's, it's all good. Yeah, uh, they mean well. Yeah, they mean, exactly. I don't know. Um, all right, everybody, if you like this podcast, as Chris mentioned in the beginning, we love ratings. I am not afraid to suck up for ratings for this podcast. So if you're on iTunes, click the little five star right there. We would really, really appreciate that. Chris, thanks a lot. Let's do this again soon, okay?
Thanks, John. Anytime. Good stuff. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to this, this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast sponsored by Fanball. Our next episode is going to be coming Tuesday. We talked about Devin Funches and maybe Wendell Smallwood and guys like that, but we're going to have free agent recommendations. So please come on back then and we'll help you out. For Chris Liss, I'm John Halpin. See you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.